Welcome to Positively Dad. My name's James Shaw. I'm your host, and I'm a girl dad. My wife, Terry, and I have an almost eight-year-old daughter named Naomi, and I started Positively Dad back in March of last year just to be a resource for dads, to connect to dads, and, and help us grow to become better parents, partners, and people. And I thank you for listening. We do two episodes every single week. On Mondays, we talk to an expert about something that's going to help us get better. And on Tuesdays, we talk to a dad about being a dad. And today, we're going to do something a little bit different on our Dad Talk episode. And we're going to talk about a dad, a dad named Kobe Bryant. We lost him on Sunday, along with his 13-year-old daughter, Gianna. You know the story. I don't need to go into it and tell you about it. And when that happened on Sunday. Uh, it was a sad day. It was a sad day because as a father, I can't imagine what it would have been like in that moment to know what might be happening and that you couldn't help your little girl. And then we started to hear so many stories of, of how Kobe was really living as a father and being there for his, his four daughters and being there as a husband and all the things he would do for other people and just the, the way he was living his life is a very proud dad. You can go on Twitter and see all sorts of things. What he said on Jimmy Kimmel when, when somebody said, hey, you need to have a son to, 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 you know, to continue your legacy. And, and he said, hey, Gigi's got that. And the other stories that you've heard. And so as a podcast for dads, I felt it was paramount that we do an episode this week to look at Kobe, talk about him, talk about who he was and and how he was as a father and just how he helped people. And I know that that the Kobe conversation can be a complicated one. If you look at his life as a whole, um, there's a lot there, and we're not here to talk about that today. What we're here to do is to talk about him as a father and, and how he impacted people's lives, especially after he retired. And so today, our guest is Russ Davis. Russ Davis is the head basketball coach, the women's basketball coach at Vanguard University. He is actually a really successful coach. He's won an NAIA national championship in women's basketball, been to the Final Four five times, 19 tournaments, and a four-time coach of the year. He's in the Hall of Fame. And I reached out to Coach Davis and asked if he could join me because Coach Davis got to see Kobe with, with Gigi and his team. Um, because they would use the Vanguard facility as a practice facility. And so he got to see one-on-one. -on -one. And then Coach Davis went through some challenges of his own that we'll talk about in the podcast, and Kobe showed up and was there for him as well. And so today we're going to just celebrate Kobe and remember him, learn a little bit about the person that he was through the eyes of a man who got to see Kobe both as a father and as a coach, more than just that superstar basketball player. So I hope you'll enjoy it, and I thank you for listening to it. Let's jump in. Coach Davis, thank you so much for joining us on Positively Dad. Yeah, not a problem. Any way that I can honor my friend is, uh, is okay with me. I want to congratulate you, too, because I know that you have um, beaten this battle of cancer. In fact, you're going to be back on the sidelines tomorrow. Yes, it's going to be the first game I get to actually coach in person uh, and so uh, I'm excited. I went to my first practice yesterday. That I haven't been to a practice since before Thanksgiving. Wow. Well, congratulations um, then, to uh, you. Thank you. You're welcome. And I know that you guys are going to honor Kobe. I'm sure Kobe would have been there and to support you. Will you just talk a little bit about 
what it was like to get to know him and what your relationship was like with him. Well, it was, uh, it was strange in the beginning because when, when I got, when they reached out to me and said that Kobe wanted to meet with me about, uh, about his daughter, um, being involved in basketball and, um, and stuff like that. I was like, you know, I grew up a Laker fan and I grew up, you know, just loving the Lakers, you know, listening to Chick Hearn, you know, at night, watching as many games as I could. And me and my dad went to the game where Jerry West hit the 63-footer, you know, um, you know, against the, the, I think it was the Knicks. All the, so, I mean, I've been just a huge fan, you know, and then, uh, and then I saw, I was really kind of nervous to meet him, you know, uh, and so, uh, went down to his, his offices down in uh, Newport Beach at the time. So I, I went down there and and met um, the guy that set it up. And we went in this uh, conference room. And then Kobe came in a couple minutes later. And when he walked in the room, he just had this big smile on his face and came over and shook my hands. He's like, Russ Davis, nice to meet you. And I'm like, and that just kind of took away my nerves right there. Like, yeah, he knows my name. And <laughs> it was just kind of weird for me, you know, because I was a huge Kobe fan, you know. And then, uh, you know, the first time we met, we just talked about, you know, life and, and what's going on and, and uh, you know, my coaching career and his playing career and our philosophies. And we just really hit it off from, from day one, Yeah. you know, and uh, it just kind of went from there. Wow. So, so um, you know. So they used Kobe and, and the team that he's coaching with Gigi, they would use your facility for their practices and stuff during the week so you got to see him you know i mean you were a fan of his as a player and obviously got to see his greatness there then though you got to see a side of him that most people didn't which would be kobe as a coach and kobe as a dad and i'm just curious about what did you notice as both of those things maybe first as a coach and then we'll talk as a dad well the thing that comes to mind most is uh you know watching him and and dissecting his game and how he played was he was so intense and he kept, you know, he kept his, uh, his teammates accountable and demanded excellence from them, you know? And, uh, so, you know, I'm thinking here's this intense guy, you know, he's probably going to coach the same way. Right. And then it wasn't true at all. You know, he was just so patient, you know, those kids were going in, I think the fifth or sixth grade at the time. And, uh, he was just so patient with them. You know, and he was just like, just teach them those little things. And then they had a, you know, they had a game there. I mean, they used other gyms around, you know, they tried, but, you know, they used ours for quite a bit there um, when it was available, you know, so uh, it was easy for them because it's 10 minutes from his house and and it's a small little college, so he wasn't getting bugged by all kinds of people because when Kobe goes out, you know, it becomes a little bit of a scene. So sure. he was happy that he can have some privacy. And, uh, but the first game he coached, he actually set up a league. We set up a league in there on Sunday afternoons, and he had his team play and and uh, games for him. And I remember watching him coach, and I was just like shaking my head. And then watching how patient he was, you know. And uh, after the game, he goes, "So, what did you think, bro?" <laughs> and I go, "Well, first of all, I can't believe how patient you are. <laughs> you know, I, I, you know, I didn't know you had that in you watching the play compete because you have to be. They're just learning and." Uh, they're just at that age where you, you know, you got to be patient with them and you got to teach them. And, uh, you know, every day that he would come, he would park in the same spot behind our gym and he would bring, he would bring Gigi and he would, I uh, would meet him out there. 
he kind of walked him in the gym and, and, uh, you know, him and Gigi both had this big smile for me every time I saw him and mm-hmm. gave him hugs and, and he would grab the balls out of the back of his, uh, black Range Rover he had and, and walk in there and put the balls down. And a lot of the other girls on the team sometimes are there too. And they just come in and he just lit up the room, you know, and he, he loved those, those girls and they loved him. And he was just so proud to be, uh, to be showing Gigi the game, you know, he's, yeah. So, so, so happy. And then everything was centered around that. And then, you know, sometimes he'd have to run out there and go to his other daughter's uh, volleyball game. You know, sometimes he'd run out of town because he was going to a, you know, a a Mamba volleyball game where his daughter played for the Mamba volleyball team, you know, his his oldest daughter. Yeah. So he was, everything was centered around making sure that, you know, now that he was retired, he was, he was, he was really, uh, do, I mean, he did that too when he was playing. He made time for that. That's why he had to get up at four o'clock in the morning and get his shots in, his workouts in, because he didn't want to miss that time with his family. Yeah. What did you so, notice about um, him as a father? I'm sorry, coach. Go ahead. No, I mean, I was just saying he was that he was just such a proud, proud pop. Yeah. You know, and it, just uh, go ahead. Yeah. I just, well, that's the thing that really struck me as, as I was, you know, just, looking at things and and reading stuff about him over the weekend is how dedicated he was as a dad. And you got to see it firsthand with Gigi and out and coaching with her. And of course, as you talked about leaving to go see volleyball games and stuff, what did you see in him as a father that really stood out to you watching Kobe Bryant be a dad? Well, you know, I, I just really kind of, saw him and Gigi in the basketball gym. You know, I didn't see him too much outside of that or, or at a game or something, you know. But like I said before, the patience he had and you just the smile he had and and him wanting to give her opportunities to do because it was her dream. Her dream was to, to play in college and to uh, to actually go to UConn and play at UConn. And so he was he was setting her up to do whatever, he, you know, but he didn't push her. That was a great thing, you know, um, I used to ask him, you know, like, hey, you know, are you making a no, no, no. She comes to me like, man, it's like nonstop, you know, and she and I remember one time he told me like before she told me she wanted to play. We, I never watched NBA games on TV. You know, we never had them on. Now she's she made me order the NBA package. We're watching games all the time and watching college games. She wants to watch film. So it was, it was all she was just so driven, just like her dad, you know, um, and uh, he was just there for whatever she needed, you know. But he did that with all his daughters, you know. And uh, I think he was just an incredible, incredible, incredible father. I mean, he was, and he took that seriously. And that was really, really important to him. There'd be times I'd ask, "Man, can you do?" Oh no, I got to pick the girls up from school. I got to do this. I mean, he would, he would turn other things down to, to make sure he was there for them. So he was, he was incredible. You said in a story that I read that the that first time that you saw him coaching, that you were in awe. Tell me more about that. Well, I think I mentioned it a little bit earlier, but I was just, you know, I was really impressed with his patience. You know, that he sat there and let them figure some things out on their own, but then he calmly brought them over and showed them. And, you know, even though they were struggling with some things, he's like, it's going to be okay. He was playing against a team that was quite older than his, but that's what he wanted to do. He always wanted to challenge him. And so I was just, I was just amazed at his calmness 
and how he related to them. And because I watched him, you know, at the highest level do that. And he was, you know, he was, you know, he was demanding and he was on them. And, and, but that's what happens in that league when you have great leaders and people have those expectations. That's why sometimes great players in the NBA don't become great coaches because they expect people to be able to do things they did. But he, he realized it was different. He was, he was in teaching mode and he, we always just talked about how much time he spent on the fundamentals and how important it was to them. And he explained all those things. And he, he often referenced like, you know, former players of his and, but just to see his, his patience with those girls and, uh, and just the smile put on his face to be able to help them is, it was, uh, it was really, I was in awe of that. He became a good friend of yours. And I know that I think what last year in April, when you found out about your throat cancer, um, I mean, he was there for you. Yes. He, uh, I had told him about it and he was, you know, he gave me a big hug and, he goes, you got this. And then, you know, then he showed up with some Mamba shirts for me to wear. And I told him that I wanted to, to wear those to my chemo appointments, my radiation appointments. So I did. And and uh, <clears throat> the night before my first chemo, um, I had a chemo appointment at like 7 in the morning or something. And he, he reached out to me. He goes, you got this, man. He goes, you got this. You're going to beat this. And he goes, you know, he just kind of gave me a pep talk. And then... uh I took a picture of me getting chemo with a shirt on, and uh, I uh, I texted to him, and he did his favorite emoji, the the thumbs up and the this arm strength one, and he's like, "You got it, man. You got a brother." And uh, so he was, he'd always check on me, and then I had some issues going on. I had to get a blood transfusion, and I was in the hospital for about a week, and then I was just really weak, and and. Uh, didn't get out of bed or anything, so I had to learn how to walk again. So anyway, they put me in a, a assisted nursing facility down in Newport, and uh, I was there about three weeks. And uh, he told me he was going to get over there and uh, and visit me. And so, and he sure enough did. He came in on a Sunday evening, and uh, and uh, <clears throat> he helped the physical therapist get me out of bed and walk down the hall with me and challenged me on that and told me I need to do more. And, he got back. He goes, you know, he, he gave me a good uh, men, men, mentality talk, and one of the things he says, "Hey, you can't sit there and feel sorry for yourself. You you can't let this beat you. You got to beat it. You got to get tough." And uh, those are just some of the things he said. But he was, you know. And then when I went back and got my PET scan in November, middle of November, to find out and uh, found out I was uh, cancer free. And then all the stuff worked. Got a clean bill of health, and um, I let him know and thanked him for all the stuff he helped me with. And he was just—he was like, "Man, you know," he told me about me, and he was really proud of me. So that—that really—that really made me feel good. I bet it did. Did it surprise you? At, did, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Coach. No, he just helped me through one of the the, the darkest moment of my life to this day. You know, it was—it's not an easy thing. I mean, sure you have, and we've all had people that go, have had cancer and it's just, uh, it's not a fun thing to go through. And, uh, so he's, it was just, uh, you know, he's just, it's amazing with all the stuff he has going on and all the people reaching out to him that he always took the time to, to reach out to me and make sure I was okay, you know? And, uh, I just meant the world to me. I bet it did, and it seems like, I mean, we've had story after story come out over the last couple of days that, 
I mean, he would be there for a lot of people. Did, did it surprise you that a superstar, I mean, the elite of the elite and a legend would take, you know, time to check in on you and be there to support you and and then do this for countless of others, others of people. I mean, is that what you would expect from Kobe? Well, to be honest with you, when I didn't know him as a person, I just knew him as a Laker and like everybody else did. You know, you don't expect something like that, right? But then once I got to know him and watch how he did to me and watch knowing how he touched other people and other people that I know, um, it didn't surprise me at all. I mean, I'm sure there's even more out there. I mean, that's just what, I mean, I'm glad that's coming out because people need to know that, you know, yeah, he was this icon and legend and worldwide figure, world-known figure and all this stuff, but the funny thing about all this is when I when I went into this friendship with Kobe, I was it was all about him, the basketball player, and you know, this Laker icon and all this stuff. But I don't even that doesn't even cross my mind anymore about him mm-hmm. as a great basketball player. It's more of what a great person and what a great friend he was to me and how he helped me through this. So basketball is like way down the list on me. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's what it should be because I always tell my players, you know, it's important to treat people right and have character and and uh, do the right thing because you may be a basketball player for five, six years, but you're going to be a person in society for the next 50 or 60, and that's what really matters. Mm-hmm. So treat people the right way and with respect, and I think that's what Kobe was doing. And, uh, you know, he just he paved the way for a lot of people, and, and he planted a seed out there. I, I tweeted about this last night, but he planted a seed out there for all of us, and it's our job to now water it. Hmm. I'm curious about just as a person, what you learned from him. Cause as I was learning about you coach, I look up your resume. I mean, you're a pretty successful coach. You've gosh, won a national championship in the NAIA. You've been coach of the year four times. You're in the hall of fame. You've been to five final fours and 19 tournaments or something like that. Um, I mean, you're, you're coaching a great program and you're a great coach. And yet I imagine you learned some stuff from Kobe I'm just curious, what did you learn from him? Well, one of the things I learned that we talked about is I learned how to be a little more patient. <laughs> because, and I bet and, your players you know, like that um, too. They like it when you when you relax a little bit, yeah. Coach. Sure, sure, and it's probably better. It's probably good for my health, you know. But, uh, um, but I, you know, I uh, that's one of the things I learned from, him. and uh, you know, I knew some things, but he reminded me a lot of them. And, and another thing was just the. Uh, attention to detail that he had like the over over and over and over and over again how he would do things like he he had told me the story about when he was a I think he was a rookie or first year player that he they were up in Utah and, and he took the game when he shot and he shot an air ball and uh he was so mad about that that when they came home and on the flight home they uh you know he got off the plane and went to the gym and he shot for like six hours almost all night long. You know, the same shot he missed is over and over and over and over again. He would wear out he would wear out the, the managers and the stuff from Lakers because he would, you know, make them go in there and rebound for him. Or if he had a bad shooting night at the at the uh stable center he would before he went home he would go in there and shoot all these shots and do all this stuff. So um we've heard some great stories about that. But you know, he he would get five hundred to a thousand makes up a day before on game day. You know, and then that's why he knew he had so much confidence because he's seen the ball go in so many times. So, so his work ethic was—I um, don't 
I think it's second to none. There might be somebody who could match it, but it's hard. And uh, even the best players that are a bit of game are saying that about them. Right. You know, um, and uh, so I learned those kind of things from them. And uh, I also learned uh, one thing people don't know. I mean, they know a little bit, but Kobe is really, really smart. That guy's brilliant. I mean, that guy, I mean, think about some of the stuff he's done after he's played. He's won an Oscar, best-selling novels, all that kind of stuff. I mean, and and his time management, you know, and, and he, he spoke, I mean, I asked him one time, you know, because I heard he spoke a couple of different languages, and I asked, he goes, oh, I can speak seven. You know, he knew seven languages. I mean, I don't know about you, but I, I only know one, so yeah, that's pretty Yeah, and I barely impressive. speak it, right? <laughs> Um, but exactly. So you you got to see like that. I just yeah, it's cool. You got to see him with Gigi too, and obviously, you know, we lost her on Sunday as well. What can you tell us about her? Man, I just I just remember Gigi with her smile and just how happy she was, and and how much her teammates loved her, and she loved being around her team, and 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 loved playing basketball. You know, um, I remember. Uh, it, they had a practice, and they it was a day after they they got beat, you know, in a game somewhere. And I heard they got beat, and and uh, and I remember going up to Gigi, and I go, uh, "What happened? You guys didn't play well." And she had that look on her face, like she was still so mad from the game. She was competitive, and she's like, Ugh. "It was frustrating, coach, you know." And and uh, it was just so funny. She had a lot of her dad in her, you know, that way. You know, she's. She became this competitive uh, person that just wanted to be the best. And uh, but the thing I probably remember most about her is like her. Just every time I see her, you know, she would just have this huge smile on her face and just so welcoming. And it can't be easy being a Kobe's daughter, you know. You know, I don't, you know, and and playing playing the game that your dad was the greatest at. You know, one of the greatest at. You know, how how easy can that be? You know, but she was up for that challenge. You know, so. Uh, I mean, I have a lot of things to remember, but the biggest thing is just yeah. her warm smile, and just she was just such a loving kid, and uh, how everybody loved her, and she she didn't act like a celebrity kid or a kid with a famous father. She was just a normal kid that just uh, loved what she was doing and loved the people around her. I mean, it's just travesty. All those kids on that team, it's just so sad for that whole situation of everybody yeah. and all the families. I just it's just it's just heartbreaking. Yeah, well, that's what I was thinking. Is it's got to be heartbreaking for his his whole family and the other families on there. What what are your what do you, what do you want to share with them? If you were able to talk to Vanessa or any of the other families, what would you share with them? You know, once we get through the grieving, it's just like let's let's celebrate all the great memories and 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 the outpouring of love around the world. I mean, to do that, you have to be a special human being. I mean, it's amazing the outpour of everywhere. And what what people are doing, so um, you know, hopefully they can get to a point where they can enjoy that. No one's no one's gonna ever know how they feel, and um, we just gotta be supportive of them, and and uh, and also not pry into what's going on, you know, and and let them have plenty enough time to grieve and and do the things they need to do. Yeah. But you know, um, it's gonna be hard for her, you know, and that she's gotta she's gotta she's gotta raise three young girls on her own. And without her, her husband and another daughter, I mean, those kids yeah. lost a sister and a dad, you know, yeah. and that's lost a husband and a daughter. I mean, it's like, it's a, 
I mean, I, I don't, I mean, how do you explain that? I mean, well, you don't, right? So, you don't. Yeah, you yeah. don't. And then I'm sure they're asking why and how can this happen? And, right. you know, I mean, you know, people say, you know, and, you know, and things happen for a reason and God, God's in control and God has a plan for everything. And, but it doesn't mean you can't, you can't wonder, you know, why, you know, why now, why this, why Kobe and why a lot of things are going on, you know, um, Maybe we'll understand one day, but um, it's just a sad, sad, sad thing. I, I mean, I don't even know. I, I don't. I don't even know what I would say right now to them. I just yeah. would offer any kind of support I could. But it just my heart breaks for them. I, it really does. I'm sure it does. As as we close out, I know that Thursday is probably going to be a bittersweet day for you. You get to come back and be with your team and coach them again. And, you know, one of your most important friends isn't going to be there to see it. How's tomorrow going to be for you? Uh, like I said, I think it's going to be bittersweet. I'm really nervous about I'm going to have I'm going to address the crowd before the game and share a couple of stories or just talk about Kobe real quick. So I, I don't rehearse that stuff. I just will we'll just see. I'm going to, you know, be honest, with you, I'm going to pray about it and see uh, see what God puts on my tongue and, and kind of go from there and, and uh I'm, I am thankful to be back, but I'm also knowing that one of the reasons why I'm back is because uh, he helped me through some mental stuff to to, to jump through some hurdles and uh, and help me. So um, he's a big reason why I'm back too. So I'll, that's something I'll never forget. I mean, that's gonna that's a lifetime thing that'll never be forgotten. So, um, but I'm glad to get a chance to honor him and uh, and and Gigi and the, and then the other. Uh, people that were um in the copters too so yeah. um i'm hoping that it goes well for them i hope so too my last question for you coach is how do you want people who are listening to remember kobe well i mean they're going to have their memories of him as a player but i hope the stories that are coming out about him as a person and 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 him as having a huge heart and, and helping people and and um, the things he was doing for his family and his kids and, and his wife and um, and being there for so many people in times of need. I hope they remember all that. And basketball is great, but, you know, we always say, you know, we play basketball, we coach basketball, but that's not who we are. It's not our identity. But sometimes when you're a superstar like that is, but I hope people somehow get to the point where his identity is not basketball as much basketball as is the, the things he did outside of basketball because that's that should be highlighted and that should be honored well the stories are coming out now about all the things he's done right to that and and it you know i read one that said he did he helped so many people and his rule his one rule was no pr right and i think there's so many athletes that that's why they do it or celebrities do it for the pr and his rule was none no pr and um now we're hearing about those stories so coach i appreciate you sharing with me today uh, I'm so sorry that you've lost a friend, and um, and so we send you know our condolences to you, and I also do congratulate you for your win on um, you know beating this cancer and and getting back to be able to coach your your ladies um, this week. Thank you for joining us uh, today on Positively Dad. I really appreciate it. All right, thank you for the time, and uh, thank you for helping me honor my friend. Great stuff from Coach Davis, and I'm I'm so thankful that he took the time out to share, um, to t be able to celebrate Kobe with us, um, especially as he's preparing for his return tomorrow. 
and um, and so I'm so thankful. So thank you to Coach Davis. But, but he, here's what stood out to me from what he said. The key thing that I learned in this conversation was this. When it came to his daughters, he didn't push them into doing the things he did. His oldest daughter plays volleyball, a really good volleyball player. Gigi came to him to play basketball. He didn't push that on her. And he he helped her and and started watching the NBA again because it's something that she wanted to do with him, not because he felt like he had to do it. That was the parenting takeaway for me is, you know, hey, what if what if we just hit the pause button for a minute? Let our let our children come to us with who they are and what they want to be and then support them there. And the other thing is, you know, Kobe would do whatever he could to be with his girls whenever he could. And would, you know, like he said, one time Coach Davis said that, that Kobe left because he was taking his daughter to volleyball practice and doing different things. So, you know, those are some things I think we can learn. And there's so many stories out there um, that people have shared about how, you know, Kobe's impacted them. For me, I mean, I think about Kobe as the player. He made me mad. Why did he make me mad? Because he was good and he kept my Pacers from winning a finals back in 2000 when I wanted them to win the NBA finals. And my, my favorite athlete of all time is Reggie Miller. He gets the Pacers to the finals and and unfortunately runs into Kobe and Shaq. And uh, I went back and watched the some of the, the games just the other night just to be, you know, celebrate his greatness and um, and just, you know, again, have one more chance to, to watch what a great player he was and now... Through this tragedy, we've been able to gain even some more insight on the person that he was as well. So I'm going to thank you for listening to this Dad Talk episode of Positively Dad. I trust that it added value to you. That's my goal. And um, I, I just hope that you were able to get something to take away for you as a father that can support you so that Kobe's legacy as a father can continue on. I want to thank you for listening. I'm James Shaw. We'll talk to you next time on Positively Dad. Bye-bye.